0: At the S&P, the stocks. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that likes to keep it simple with stuff that we can count on one hand. Scott, thanks for joining me.
2: Thank you, Andrew, good to be with you.
1: Today on the podcast, we're dedicating our entire episode to helping you invest better. We've got your five-step guide to getting started or restarted in shares.
2: Excellent, bring it on.
1: So, Scott, Hit me with the first point here. Where do we start?
2: Andrew, the first point in our five-step guide, we had to have five steps because we've only got one hand, the other hand's holding a beer. So in our five-step guide, the first thing we want you to do, fools, is read, and then read, and then read some more. Can I just watch the movie? (laughs) You can. Simply. I'm not sure it'll help. Which movie? Uh, Wolf of Wall
1: Street, maybe, or, or Wall Street itself, or uh, no, Boiler Room. Honestly, or...
2: go, so fools, if you haven't seen it, go and do yourself, everyone. Watch, Great watch movie. Wall Street. Watch Gordon Gecko. Yeah. Watch Michael Douglas. Watch Tom Cruise. You won't be, you won't be sorry. Sad- sadly, uh,
1: entirely unlike the reality of our lives. <laughs> totally. We're not tossing dwarves and driving Ferraris, um, but you know, that's uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. That's dude. the Wolf of Wall Street.
2: When- <laughs> Yeah, Michael Douglas holding this massive great brick of a mobile phone which at that point was like the best thing ever Super cool. in his yeah. suspenders yeah. this yeah. thing is just Wall Street personified at least back in the day yep. the irony of it was that Oliver Stone wrote it as a bit of a, a warning about Wall Street particularly in the, in the shadow of the 87 crash yep. and we learnt nothing and the Wolf of Wall Street was the result and it
1: also is not going to make, uh,
2: make you invest better right don't watch the movie no look Phil <laughs> you, you have to read <laughs> What we do want you to do, though, is we want you to read, and not just Look, there's a whole lot of things you can do, and the more you want to read, the better, quite frankly. If you're interested, Google a letter to a new investor. If you do that, you should find an article I wrote many years ago on the Motley Fool website, which will give you some books to read in particular that might help you, but here's a couple of categories. The first is pick up the business section of your local paper. If you want to read the AFR, even do that, but if you're not really that hardcore, grab your Herald, grab your your age, grab your uh, Herald Sun, your, your Daily Telegraph, and check out the business section. Understand what's making companies tick, what's going on in the business world. Get a feel for what's going on. But don't just read finance stuff. Read business stuff. Take an interest in the businesses themselves. Mm -hmm. What's happening at Big W? What's happening at Amazon? What's driving BHP at the moment? Have an understanding of those things. They will help you become a better investor because investing is about understanding business. Warren Buffett said, I'm a better business because I'm an investor. And I'm a better investor because I'm a businessman. And if you get that in your head, understand business. Don't just try and work out bloody algebra and Greek symbols and you know whatever whatever calculus you want to do. Despite Andrew's Threat Last podcast, we won't do calculus today. Um, it's all about the business itself. If you understand the business, if you understand what you're investing in, you're much, much more likely, frankly, than those people who just are spreadsheet jockeys, to invest really, really well.
1: Yeah, a lot of, when I talk to mates about this kind of thing, they feel as though you need to have like a degree in economics yeah. or you need to have gone to business school or yeah. something like that. And obviously, that's that's going to help you, right? Yeah. But it is amazing the amount of really high quality wisdom that's out there. You can just go onto Amazon and download a book to your Kindle, you know, yeah. For, yeah. for twenty bucks, and it will have some of the the best insights that you've ever read from some of the world's greatest investors. You know,
2: the essays of Warren Buffett. If you've got a Kindle, if you want to buy yourself a book, download that, read it. It's super readable. The guy's an absolute genius. He's a billionaire many times over. Um, that would be my first place. If you want to read stuff, it, it's interesting. It's funny. It's insightful. It'll help you learn a heap more about investing a about business. Yeah. So educate yourself. Indeed.
0: Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Point number two. Well,
1: unfortunately, you've got to deal with a broker. <laughs> Why unfortunately? Well, you know, look, the, these these guys You're have got- You're getting jaundiced, Andrew. I am, well, you know, I used to work for a stock broker. <laughs> the, 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 Back in the day. They are the gatekeepers. And yep. if you want to buy and sell shares, you've got to go through a broker. <laughs> look, a lot of them are really, really good guys, of course, and yep. girls. But but, but the, 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 the trouble is is that there is a bit of a misalignment of incentives to, to go off topic for a little bit Surely here. not.
2: They want us to make money, don't they?
1: Well, they make money when you trade. So they're going to encourage you to buy and sell as often as you can because they make more money. The book buys a bunch of- Shares and puts them in the bottom drawer for 10 years doesn't, isn't the best friend of a stockbroker. But that's good investing. Yeah, it is good investing. So, but, so what we're what we're going to say is, look, yep. you have to have a broker. You do, um, but you don't need to spend a fortune. You don't need the full service, you know, broker who's going to try and give you all these strategies. and Just an execution only online broker. What's execution only, mate? It just means they just you, they just tell us what to do and we'll do it. You want to buy a right. thousand BHP? Boom, we'll do it. You want right. to sell, you know, hundred API? Bang, we'll do that. Um, uh, and and that's all you need. And you're going to pay. And increasingly, the the, the brokerage commissions are getting lower and lower and lower and mm-hmm. lower. Um, so you know we, we don't we don't have any uh, commercial arrangements, so we're not going to favour anyone. But some of the better known ones are going to be things like Nabtrade, Trade, CMC, uh, ETrade, Comsec. G- go online, do a little bit of a search, and 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 sign up. You'll have to fill out a few forms, then you're on your way.
2: Yeah, right. This is really important, Phil. You know what? Choosing a broker. I can remember when I cho- chose my first broker back in the day, Andrew. They're no longer a business. They're bought by Comsec, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of feels a bit daunting, right? Because you're kind of signing up. It's a bit like opening a new online bank account. Yeah. You kind of don't really know exactly how it works, and there's some terminology and some language, and yep. it's all a bit hard. Do you, and want and chair Do you want a chess sponsor? You want an issue sponsor? You put like market orders, limit orders, stop loss orders. I'm trying to encourage people. Here, Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, so that, but that's the sort of stuff you'll come across. You're exactly you right, you and so it's really, really important. Don't be daunted. Just you don't have to trade. Just sign up for the account first. Get comfortable with the broker's platform. If you sign up with a good broker, frankly, I'm with ComSec. We get no money from doing this, but I would say for most people out there, start there. The trades aren't the cheapest in the world, but they're cheap, and there's really, really good customer service. Anytime I've had a query, I've had great customer service. There's some great tutorials on that website about how to place your trades, about how to understand what's going on, Again, like the first point, just read. Make sure you understand what's going on, um, how to do it all. But don't be daunted. Just you know, get started. Make a start. Once you start, mm. but to have done two or three trades, it's, it's like it's old hat, right? Yeah. You can't. You can't believe you couldn't possibly. It felt daunting at first, but I know that it does. And so when you open the Comsik account, you look at that and go, "Oh God, it's all too hard." I get it. Just. Help me out here. Take the bit between the teeth. Just just grit those teeth and, and push through. It'll be well and truly worth it. Choose choose a broker.
1: Okay, um, and really, when it's on an online execution broker, as long as it's one of sort of the bigger, better known yeah. ones, it, re- it really just does come down to who's the cheapest. I I think a lot of the time.
2: Uh, I would I would add customer service to that. Oh sorry, so, yeah, I'd, that's. A fair I, point. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take personally. I wouldn't take just the cheapest. I would take the one that had the best customer service and the most easy to use platform. Mm-hmm. The very cheapest um, I've seen is a, is an American company who I won't name only because I don't want to encourage people to go and check them out. Um, mm-hmm. The, the interface is absolutely terribly woeful. It is an awful, awful interface. Um, it's cheap, uh, but you have to really know what you're doing. I've used it. See, I'm cheap. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we. So
0: kind of I, I've used it. Me. I've
2: used it for work, and yeah. it, it, I still don't. Every every time I place a trade, I still worry that I'm not getting it quite right because it's just super, super non-intuitive. Versus our Comsec, and again, I have no affiliation with them. Um, we have no affiliation at the Fool with the Motley with the Comsec. Um, doing that, it just I worry that it doesn't necessarily help you. By trying to save some money, you might be penny wise and pound foolish. You end up making mistakes, or you just something don't know what you're doing. So yeah, get 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 a cheap price, yep. but the cheapest mightn't be the best deal. If you're only going to trade a few times a year, you might save five bucks or ten bucks over the course of a year. Yep. if you can, if I would pay ten bucks to have a much much better service, more customer friendly. So okay. my, my my version would be go cheap, yep. not so cheapest. Get get a combination of, of cheap and customer service and some website usability. Value stocks, market, stock market, index, share market. This is Motley Full Money. Subscribe to the
0: free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: So you've done a bit of reading. Yep. You've opened up your brokerage. Account. Here we go. You're ready oh. to to trade. Hit the big green buy button. Yes. And, uh, there isn't a big green buy but button. before you do that, before you do that, you know, you need to obviously decide what you're going <laughs> to buy. There's, there's almost 2,000 different companies listed on the ASX. Which one are you going to buy? Now this is the big one. It is. So where do you start here? I need to. I need to decide on something. What, what, what do I do?
2: Hopefully your reading has helped because yep. if you've done your reading, you've got some sense from people like Warren Buffett or Peter Lynch or Philip Fisher. If you don't heard, don't know those names, Google them. Buy Howard their books. They're yep. spectacularly good. Yep. You'll get a really good sense of the sorts of things that make for good investments. Now, there's no, if this was easy, if this was obvious, then everyone would be doing it, right? So it's not dead easy. Frankly, let me put a, a little plug in here for our services. Um, at the Motley Fool, we, we, we sell very cheap subscriptions to Motley Fool Dividend Investor that Andrew runs or Motley Fool Share Advisor that I run um, that that help you do that. A couple hundred bucks a year for mine, a hundred bucks a year for Andrew's. Um, you know, Go and have a look, see if it's right for you. Um, decide for yourself or, or someone else. If you find someone else who gives you that great advice, who has a market-beating track record, who's transparent and clear, who doesn't hide behind their past performance, by all means, go go inside with them instead. But nice if you need nice some help, plug, mate. Nice plug. I like it. You know what? I, I kind of figure, yeah, yeah. look, yeah, absolutely, it's a plug. Yeah. By the way, you and I both work here because we like the business and we actually joined the business that we liked rather than vice versa. So um, I was a, I've, I've been a fan of the Motley Fool for 20 years. Just so happened that uh, that six years or so ago, I decided to quit my job and join the Motley Fool because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, it's a plug. So take that for with a grain of salt, fools. But either way, find, read, 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 understand what makes good companies and bad companies. Find someone you trust if you need some extra advice. Narrow down that list of companies to your point, Andrew. Find a way to sort of drill in on the really, really important ones. And there's a couple of ideas that we've got. Start us off. Well, I was just I was just going to add one thing quickly
1: here, and this is particularly true if it's if it's my service at the Motley Fool, is that what I think you want to do is is when you're when you're ready to invest in the market, there is going to be someone on every single street corner <laughs> screaming through a megaphone as to what's going to happen and what you should buy. Now, a lot of them will be the apocryphal cabbie, uh, mate. The, the, some of it will be really great advice. A lot of it will be rubbish. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm Really saying, are is, like backsides. Yeah, everyone's got one, right, right? Exactly. Yes, and so and and this this goes especially for for us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, when you're reading advice and recommendations, approach it in a in a health with a healthy skepticism. Absolutely, question everything. You know, uh, so we've got forums associated with ours, so people can get on there and you know our members aren't backwards in coming <laughs> forward. If they don't like one of our recommendations, they'll let you know. Yeah. And we love it. It's yeah. wonderful because it helps inform you. So I think one of the things that you need to be careful of, whether it's us or anyone else, is that when when you get don't just don't just knee-jerk follow everything without thinking about yeah. it. It's your money. No one's going to care about it more more than you, and no one's going to understand your goals and your personal situation as well as you. So so uh, absolutely use this to, to help inform your decision. Um, we, we've we've both got scorecards that are beating the market. We're very proud of that. We yeah. think that we'll do very well for our members, but but don't just follow anything think blindly, think for yourself, um, have a healthy degree of skepticism. And you know what? If you don't like something, there'll always be something else around the corner. Wise words. Help us narrow
2: down the list though, Andrew. What sort of businesses should we
1: be looking for or should we be avoiding? Well, there's a, there's, there's a million different strategies out there for the share market. And they range from very high risk, super involved to very <laughs> passive, low risk. Nice. And And look, again, we've obviously got out our preferences, but I don't want to get too ideological here. I think you really want to start with the basic kind of stuff. And the, and the, and the first thing I would say to anyone is forget about the bloody shares themselves, which is going to sound a bit <laughs> counterintuitive. You, you, you mentioned it before, yep. you are buying a tiny bit of, of a business. So imagine that you've got a couple billion dollars and you are the kind of guy that, that goes <laughs> around buys you a know, hundred million dollar business. Well not all you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. And, <laughs> and, and, and I guess that, remember that's what it is. You're not buying something because you you think that someone's going to pay you a higher price for it next week, next month, or even next year, right. you're buying it because you actually want to own this business. There's an inherent value in just being an owner, whether that be through the dividends, whether that being through the amount of money that they can retain and compound themselves. You know, it, It's that value creation that you want to expose yourself to.
2: You want to buy a business that you could possibly have to own for 10 years. Yeah, Buffett talks cost.
1: about you know, I, I, if the market closed for 10 years, I want to be holding companies that I'm not going to be freaking out about.
2: So you're not worrying about what, pe- what price people might pay you within a month or two months or six months. You're buying business that are getting better and better over time that are likely to generate higher and higher profits in the future. It's a great place to start. And
1: the other thing you want to do too here is no matter how confident you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much reading you have done, no matter the level of your conviction, for the love of God, don't put all your money (laughs) into one investment. Please. Because one of the things that I think is very hard for for new investors is is the reality that you are going to make mistakes plenty not just one or two plenty of your investments are going to go sour on you and mm-hmm. it's just the nature we're in we're in a probability type based business so we will do very well over the long term on average even though we we probably only you know 6 out of 10 is is at about as good as we're going to to get in yep. terms of our strike rate that's investing. Don't be put off by that. So it's it's a great tragedy. People will come into the market. They'll put a whole bunch into one stock. It'll go down, you know, maybe fifteen percent over the next six months, and they walk away battered and bruised and thinking this is a this is a mugs game, yep. and they do themselves a great disservice. So spread your money around. Uh, uh, buy businesses with a very clear intent. When it's not working out your way, not because the price hasn't you know gone up straight away, because the business just right. isn't what you thought it was. Right. You know. Learn from that, walk away, and put the money somewhere else. That's just investing. So I guess that's what I'd also say.
2: Nice. Look, folks, if you're looking for particular opportunities for investing, I would say, firstly, avoid miners. Miners are kind of the, the great Australian punt. Stay away from them. They're likely to cost you money over time and over the cycle. I'd say look for companies with strong brands that might be consumer brands, like say Coca-Cola Amateur or Woolworths, uh, um, a flight center, for example, someone like that. Um, But also business-to-business brands. There are companies that have brands because they sell things to businesses. So if you have a strong brand, you're likely to be able to charge higher prices. You're likely to be able to fight off the competition. Al's Grocery Store down the street isn't the same as Woolworths or Aldi or Coles. Those brands do make you go to the store. When you think about where do I'm going to go grocery shopping, you're probably going to think of one of the big brands. So go for brands, avoid the miners, and find businesses that are performing well and you think are likely to grow into the future.
1: Now, if you want to be lazy, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being lazy when it comes to investing, some of the best investors are very passive (laughs) lazy investors, and a really great sort of foundational investment to make is in a thing called an ETF, an Exchange Traded Fund.
2: Not a um, WTF? Not a WTF. An ETF.
1: Uh, an ETF. And, and what it is, is it really, it's just a collection of shares. It's all bundled up mm-hmm. and you get to buy basically access to a portfolio. Yep. And these aren't actively managed portfolios. These are just portfolios that track the index, like the All Ordinaries mm-hmm. or the ASX 200. And there's a lot of really good evidence out there that would suggest that these these will tend to do very well for you over time and you will probably beat
2: the majority of professionally managed funds. Indeed. Um, a couple of think of tools if you're looking for an ETF, Vanguard has an Australian ETF. The code is VAS and has an international ETF which is VGS. Um, those two, the Australian one give you access to the ASX 200 with one single trade and VGS is an international one which will give you exposure to 1,500 companies across the developed world outside Australia. So with two simple trades. You can have access to pretty much the entire developed world and some of the best companies therein. So our big banks are Big Miners, Amazon, GE, Nike, Google, Facebook. the Netflix list goes on. Yeah. So a couple of trades there. Um, they're not necessarily direct recommendations, though we think you do a whole lot worse than buying and holding those for well, a Well the very, thing very is that we time. can guarantee you now guarantee
1: you know, a mate of mine used to say if you want to guarantee buy a toaster because <laughs> this is this is not the game where we give guarantees. <laughs> we can't, but I'm gonna give you a guarantee here. And and, and the great but, thing but <laughs> the, the, the thing is that you can guarantee with an ETF is that you will get pretty much the market average. And again, history would suggest that the market average is very, very decent over time, about 10% over the long term in Australia. Um and, and that is just again with the power of compounding, that is gonna put you on a
2: great footing. Eleven point six percent a year over thirty years, so I think it was twenty fifteen. Okay. Turned ten grand into two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. So if you don't think ten percent is much or eleven percent is much, it's huge you can get yeah. that was a twenty eight X return. Yeah. Over thirty years. And the,
1: the other thing we have to stress with that as well, that wasn't reading one single annual report. It wasn't going to any annual general meetings. You didn't have to look at a single balance sheet. You didn't have to do anything. If you just reinvested you just the
2: dividends and walked away. You had that Bought
1: money. the ETF and walked away. Yep. And and that's what you have done. It's literally and
2: as if you bought you put ten grand in at $9.95, whatever it was. Yeah. And someone tapped you on the shoulder thirty years later and said, Here's your quarter of a million dollars plus. Yep. You think, well, how'd that happen? I didn't do anything. That's yeah. exactly the point. Yes, isn't
1: it magic? In fact, we talk a bit about Buffett. Buffett's, that's his advice to most investors it? buy an ETF unless you're really passionate about this stuff.
0: Modeling Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: So that's, uh, that's points one, two, and three. Uh, point number four. Make your first trade. Yeah,
2: we've talked a little bit about that already. This is about going to your broker side and actually getting it done. Mm. So it's 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 kind of a, a bit of a repeat of an earlier point, but this is really important. Once you've decided what you want to buy, just go and do it. The old you know proverbial journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. This is the first step for your investing journey. If you haven't done it before, just go and make the trade. Go and buy some shares. Put five hundred bucks, thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, whatever it is, into that first investment. Getting started, funding that account. Making the trade once you've done it, you'd be amazed how quickly you start to feel like a business owner. You start to feel like this thing is working for you, that it's actually starting to deliver results for you. So, just you know, this is this, this, the point here is almost just just do it—the old Nike slogan. What what I'll add
1: to the to it though is, and again, it's it's hard not to do this, but you know, obviously, when you when you're deciding what to buy, mm-hmm. you also need to decide whether or not the price that, that Mr. Market is offering you is a, is a reasonable one. Yep. The trouble is, is you say yes, I want to buy Company X, and yes, I think the price is about. Out, right. Mm-hmm. You go on there and you, you'll see that there's a whole bunch of buyers lined up. There's a whole bunch of sellers offering their shares. There'll be a mm-hmm. you know a spread as they call it. And the lowest offer might be a dollar forty-one. And you think, well, oh, I don't want to pay $1.31. I want to put an order in at $1.38. Cheaper is better, right? Mm-hmm. And and then the market might, you know, as it does, it's volatile. It might move to a dollar forty-six the next day. Or maybe I'll move my order up a little bit more, and it comes down. And you start tinkering at the edges yep. here, and it is ludicrous. Now, if you're a day trader, okay, that's important. No, um, it's not. if
2: you're a day trader, you're an idiot. <laughs> you are an idiot
1: because yep. um, you're going to lose a bunch of money. Correct. Um, at least that's ninety-nine true, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time. Um, but Don't my, day trade. But my point is, if if some you are never, no matter who you are, you are ever going to really accurately exactly work out what you need to pay for a share. If there is a good business that's available at $1.40 a share, frankly, whether you pay $1.30, $1.50, you know, five years later, it ain't gonna make a difference. If this thing is halved, you're not gonna care that you paid $1.30 instead of a 40 If it's doubled, the same goes. So once you've once you've made that decision, don't, don't, don't stuff yourself around the edges here.
2: Just go in, buy it, and then and then move on. Yeah, that's really important. I think I think particularly you know, take Domino's. We talked about Domino's in a previous podcast. He's right, right. gone from six to over sixty bucks. That's a mm, tenfold yeah, return. Yeah. If you had said at six bucks, I'll buy it at five eighty or five ninety or five ninety five, and you missed buying it at six bucks, you cost yourself a ten x return. Like yeah. the money you could have saved by by saving a couple of cents if the price had fallen versus the amount you've missed out because you you haven't bought it and the shares have gone through the roof. Now, Domino's is an extreme example, but don't major in the miners. Find the right company, pay a decent around a decent price, you're never going to get the right price. You're never going to pick the bottom. You're never going to pick the top. Stop trying. If the price is decent, buy the shares and move on. And the other thing to mention too, you, you talk about, you go back in history and you look at the very, very, very best investments.
1: Um, and even even the, the very, very, well, not the very best, but you know very decent investments over time you will almost 50% of the time see those shares fall after you buy them Right. just because shares are volatile you, know, the yeah. best. you could have bought Domino's at 6 bucks all those years ago and it could have been at 580 that, that, You know, a week later yep. and you're going to feel terrible you're going to notice it you're going to see a big splash of red on your computer screen and mm-hmm. it's going to be scary but I'm here to tell you that it's a guarantee <laughs> it is a guarantee that that's going to happen close to half of the time yep. but remember are you here to speculate on market price or are you here because you want to buy part of a company if you've chosen in your company, well, and you've paid a roughly sensible price. That is not going to matter in the fullness of time.
2: Back in the day, Warren Buffett was buying shares of Walmart. Yep, and he wanted a, i think about a couple of cents cheaper than the current market price was. And it never got to that price. He never yep. bought the shares. That cost Berkshire Hathaway eight billion—that's with a B—dollars yep. because yep. Buffett didn't pull the trigger because he wanted a slightly cheaper price. Yeah, it's just tinkering. Don't don't bother doing it. Don't do
1: it. <laughs>
0: Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: So the last point is really a summation of all of the points. It's rinse and repeat. Wash, rinse and repeat. Do it again and again. And this yes. really come, touches on the idea that, you know, um, this is something, it, investing is more of a process rather than a, a, a single set of actions yeah. that you do once. Yep. You know, it, it is about Great doing point. something and then doing it again and again and again. Partly because you're going to make mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. It's like if I gave you a loaded loaded coin, right? And I said, this thing flips heads 70% of the time. Now, let's say we started betting on that and it's 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 landed t- twice in a row, and you're starting to think, geez, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. Obviously, if you've got half a brain in your head, you will play that game all day long, <laughs> betting on heads every time. Yep. You're not going to win every time. In fact, by definition, 30% of the time you're going to lose, yep. but 70% of the time you're going to win. And it's that probabilistic mindset that I think you need to take to investing. Yes. You know, it's not a game of strike rates. It's not about things going not only well, but well straight away. Mm-hmm. It's about doing sensible things and then doing them again and again and again and again. And
2: over time, that process will out and the, and the value will be revealed. One of my favorite lines, I think I've probably partly stolen it and partly changed it and invented it myself. So take it for what it's worth and credit someone who came up with it. Invest, I reckon investing is the art of waiting patiently. So is. And it's about letting the businesses do their thing. We talked about the 28-fold return of ten grand to $280,000 over 30 years. Yeah. Just by literally doing nothing, buying the shares and waiting. And if you kept... Buying more shares during that period of time. By the way, you'd have even more. That was one trade once. Yeah. That wasn't money every year, or every month. If you did it every year, every month, you'd have a whole lot more. You'd have millions and millions of dollars yeah. from probably forty, fifty thousand dollars as a starting point. So, yeah, you know, if you're able to do that, so market will be volatile. Diversify your portfolio. Buy shares regularly, not too regularly. Don't don't trade. Try not to sell unless you absolutely have to because the company sucks or because the price gone up so much you simply you know it's simply overvalued. Otherwise, just keep keep the shares. Buy semi regularly and wait. Be patient. Don't read don't follow the screens every day don't open your brokerage account 15 times a day just buy the shares put them in the proverbial bottom drawer and go and play golf go fishing go shopping go to the movies do something go to work mm. do something else don't keep watching the shares and don't treat it like a horse race mm. what you need to know is at the end of the process if you buy well you will be very very richly rewarded the biggest risk your investment future is probably you. Quite frankly,
1: yeah, yeah. Again, it's something that all the greats talk about. So you know, it, it, you don't have to be a genius to be a good investor. Um, yep. You need to. You obviously need to be, be prepared to put the effort in. And you know, you you, you can't be someone who doesn't know how to, to button up your pants. Obviously, you need to know how to tie your <laughs> shoelaces. But assuming you've got any kind of reasonable level of intelligence yep. and prepared to put some effort in, um, you you've got every capacity to do well as investor. What really separates the the men from the boys is is temperament yep. And, and the the person who has an IQ of 80 but has an
2: incredible temperament
1: will outperform the person with the IQ of 200 but is is going to bolt
2: every time there's a slight wobble in the markets in fact the, the smart person is likely actually to be a disadvantage because they think they're smarter than everybody else and they're going to try and prove that smartness by trading this trading that trying to find an edge trying to you know the, the smarter you are the, the, the frankly the more arrogant you probably more are the more yeah. overconfident you are the greater the chance you think you can influence the markets the person who's an of average intelligence and seems simply says, temperamentally, I know the market's got more than they go down. I know it goes up over time over the very long term by about 10% a year. I know that if I reinvest my dividends, they're tax advantaged and they compound. And if I just let that do its thing, I will have a decent amount of money. There's a plethora of stories about, you know, US janitors and and and, you know working people who just simply put a little bit of money aside every week, every month, every year and amassed massive fortunes by simply buying well and not selling. Yeah. It's it's the one thing that you've got to do. And I think one of the better ways to do this is to sort of
1: think about it in advance. So if you're gonna be investing for the long term, it's it's basically a guarantee over your investing career. You'll probably see that at least the the nominal value of your portfolio halve at some point. Literally, hub. So think about you know you've got five thousand dollars to invest. How are you going to feel if you wake up tomorrow and that's two and a half grand? Because there's a very real chance that that will happen at some yeah, point. Totally. Now again, we know that that these things tend to bounce back and again you know over over time what about ten percent or so. Yep. But really, really visualize that and really own that feeling because yeah. I guarantee you you're going to feel <laughs> it. And the reason we mention it is because we we see people. Are attracted to the market for exactly the wrong reason. It's usually yeah. after a very sustained period of, of, of uh, things going up. They go, oh, I'm missing out. I want to get in. <laughs> they buy something. There's a little bit of a wobble and they sell out. So they end up buying high and selling low. Yeah. And, and, you know, the... It's that temperament that shakes them out. And so yeah. you've
2: got to work on that. I'll give you an example really quickly, Andrew, as we finish off. I have a member of, of my service, Motley Fool Share Advisor, who is complaining because the last recommendation we made is down about 17% as we speak. And that's pretty sucky, and that kind of feels bad for me, and it kind of feels bad for that member. But that member's now saying, I want to cancel, you give me terrible advice. This is ridiculous. This whole share advising like is terrible. It's understandable. It is. Yeah. But the problem is over five years, share advisor's up fifty something percent. Mm. The market's up about twenty percent on average per pick. Mm. We are absolutely streeting the market thus far, and we're not celebrating victory just yet. This is a long term game. But when you look at that versus the one stock that person bought last month. Yeah. and saying, therefore, as a result, this thing's not worth it. That's exactly the temperament issue you're talking about. Yeah, They've come in with it. the wrong expectations. We probably should have done a better job of setting those expectations for what it's worth, and we'll mm. try harder. Mm. But that's the real issue, is that person wasn't ready to say, I'm in this for the long term. I'm buying a diversified portfolio of shares over time that I think will beat the market. They've said, one stock, one trade, one month. Mm. That's it, I'm out. Yeah, And that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, absolute insanity. <laughs> right, well, we better wrap
1: it up there, Scott. We should. Uh, as always, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, remember, you can subscribe to this podcast through uh, iTunes or the uh, favorite Android podcast app. And, of course, you can go straight to the website and listen to it from there, triplem.com.au forward slash podcast. Please give us a five-star rating as well. We'd really appreciate it. But until next time, Scott Phillips, thank
2: you very much. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Fools. And full fool on. Full on.